All right, this is the next episode of 10 Questions, and this, much like yesterday's 10 by 10 speed round with Elith, is a little bit of a new uh, part of the format that we're throwing in there, and it's called 10 Questions, Math is Hard. Why? Because I refuse to count the questions now that I have already talked to this guest one time before. It is my very first 10 Questions guest, and she's back for round two. Hello, Juno. Hello. So, <laughs> and, and, and now she's already laughing at that. Hello. Hello, I'm Juno. <laughs> yeah, um, I uh, texted her whenever I got done recording another one uh, before this, and she's like, Hold on, I'm driving to bar borrow somebody's recording studio. So this is already different from the first time because the first time she was uh, locked up in her closet away from uh, away from uh, a cat. And is that it? Just one yeah, cat? The cat and the dog. Although I'll stand by that. Like the if I sit back in my clothes, a it makes a nice cave, and b it has some pretty good uh, sound suppression. So. Okay. Well, I I I was thrown for a loop because because whenever we recorded the first time, it was one of those. It sounded just fine to me, but. Hey, you know, th th this time though, you know, because last time you were on your uh, you were on your uh, work laptop and the the camera is uh, unable to transmit off of that. So this time you're somewhere where I can actually see you face to face. <laughs> so a little a little bit different there as well. But now this is this is. Uh, got pulled together much in the same way that the first uh, first one pulled together. Um, I, I had a cancellation, and I was like, hey, uh, does anybody want to record? <laughs> and that, that's how the first episode came about, and Juno was like, hey, sure, I will. And uh, yeah, this, this time around, I uh, had some cancellations and shiftings for various reasons, and so... We had been talking about doing a second run at it, and so I contacted Juno and said, "Hey, let's do it again." <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so ten questions. Math is hard. I'm not counting, uh, but I've already just just in so many whether conversation or whether in random Twitter posts, I've already learned so much more about you that I've got. Oh no, I've I've got to ask about. Um, now, now we'll, we'll go ahead and start with where the conversation was before I hit record and talk about the fact that he had somebody on Twitter the other day try to say that you were a Texan. And yeah, that, that it, hurt it, my Alaskan heart. Because <laughs> it, it, it was that whole, that whole, uh, meme where somebody's holding up the tuba and uh, putting it to somebody's face and the person holding the tuba is marked with uh, being somebody from Alaska and then uh, and then the tuba itself is Alaskan values or I forget exactly how it was titled. A really aggressive Alaskan pride. <laughs> Alaskan pride, there you go. Um, yeah, and I saw that and I'm like, hey, I get it. I, I, I know. And then somebody went and posted, but you're Texan. Yeah, I, I don't know if they were they were defending Alaska because Texans also have a ton of, of Texan pride. I think Texans do have more Texan pride, but when I first moved here, like 
it was like, hey, I'm Juno. I'm from Alaska. That's how I introduced myself. That's how people remember me. And now I've been told that I, I need to add other parts to my personality other than just being from Alaska. <laughs> um. Well, it's, it, it, and you know what? That's that, that's entirely particularly why I wanted to talk to you again anyway, because uh, I think probably the first thing, the first thing that entirely caught me by surprise um, was whenever you posted pictures of uh, the fire spitting that you do. Oh yeah. Well, tell tell me more about that. I'm. I'm intrigued and partially horrified as well. I started that in college, uh, like freshman year, freshman orientation, actually. There was a group of people who did a fire performance, and I saw that. I'm like, holy shit, I need to do that. My mother will be horrified. Um, and I had, I had recently, I had like a couple months earlier destroyed my knee doing acrobatics, and I'm like, yes, I need another dangerous hobby. Uh, to replace this one. Um, and so I joined the fire dance club. Uh, I learned I, th uh, the, I the the first apparatus I learned was a fire staff and then they actually teach everyone traditional Polynesian fire knife because uh, we collaborate with we collaborated with the college's uh, Hawaii Polynesian Club uh, and performed at some of their events um, because, they they thought it would be cool to have actual fire and we had all of the like safety paperwork to to actually do that uh so that's what i started off doing uh, and then i learned to, to do it a little bit of fire breathing and a bunch of sort of other related stuff uh but yeah after two years in the club i took it over um we it was honestly like when we, uh that was the most important part of college not the like computer science economics degrees but i spent pretty much every day of my life choreographing getting safety certifications and like lighting shit on fire um that's where i got a like a ton of my like experience for like the experience for leadership and stuff too and a lot of burning shit which is fun there, there, there you go, Dallas two one four. Watch out, she's gonna bring fire in there at some point. <laughs> well, we we are gonna have a barbecue at some point, so I feel like that's the natural next step. Hey, you could pull a little bit of emerald then if you're gonna do that. You know, just bam and make the make the grill just flare up. Talk about fire breathing. How how do you do that without burning your mouth? Um, I burn my mouth. I'm bad at it. Um, okay. Uh, no, you, so, so there's a, the cheater method is to actually use like corn, uh, cornstarch because if you, and hold it in your mouth and breathe that out slowly, uh, because as you breathe it out, the power is powder is aerosolized and catch on fire. And that makes a little fireball. Uh, but then the actual stuff they do in cir circus performances and stuff, uh, you uh, you usually use actual fuel uh, and spit it out as far away from you as possible. Um, actually, one of my friends back in Anchorage uh, is currently going for a Guinness World Record in fire breathing. So I was lucky enough to have like an actual expert teach me. Um, I was not very I was not very good at liquid fire breathing. That is a insane skill um, that. <laughs> about the only comparison I've got in my mind as to how to do that properly um, 
for for anybody that's uh, that uh, is a pro wrestling fan, especially from more like 10, 15 years ago, um, Triple H, his entrance, every time he gets up on, on the ring apron, he has water in his mouth and does his pose and just, it's just like a vapor spitting yeah. out the, it's just spitting it's out like the water. Yeah, and I... I I can't even begin to imagine the actual process to make it work that way. <laughs> so honestly, though, all of my fire, the majority of my fire injuries have been just like blunt force because you know with your ju- with juggling like especially the fire knives. That's a like that's a, a like a foot and a half of metal pole within like a foot of actual like metal blade on it. And yeah, they're not sharpened, and we have like wick wrapped around them, but. They still hurt. Um, I got hit in the face with a fire machete at one point and lost a tooth. Uh, that was a fun call to my parents <laughs> when I was in college. Uh, and I still brought a bunch of my or a couple of fire props down to Dallas when I moved. Um, and I occasionally spin in people's lawns uh, with permission most of the time. Most of the time. What was what? What happens whenever you don't have permission and you do it? I was I was I was under the impression uh, my friend owned a lawn that my friend did not actually own, um, and the owner of that lawn was not pleased with my friend. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing was burned, but just appearing with fire on like a rental company's property is. Not the best idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> uh, that though, they contacted my friend afterwards and just sent sent him like a nasty email. So I was absolved. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, so you so you said you've had the you said you had a tooth knockout. Was that the was that the worst injury you had? Uh, with though no, uh. I fractured my nose because uh, someone tossed a prop to me and I caught it with my face instead of my hands. Um, don't know why I did that. I think that's the the worst one. Um, as far as injuries that I've seen, uh, we were doing a stunt that involved like someone standing on my shoulders and I dropped her onto concrete. Um, that was less than fun. Uh, she got right back up though and she's like yeah let me get back on your shoulders and i'm like are you okay hold on (laughs) sit down take a break uh and then i one of my friends had a fire whip Uh, oh she hit well she's hit me with that a bunch of times when it wasn't on fire more time uh but one time she hit herself when she when it was on fire um that was she got lit on fire for a little bit um also kept just kept going uh i had to force her to go to the doctor afterwards um wow <laughs> it's amazing it, it, it's, it's amazing what people will take and keep going <laughs> um okay so you, you you said before you took this up though you were doing acrobatics what, what, what kind of acrobatics were you doing um a lot of a lot of like people standing on each other's shoulders and just uh so i i am not very coordinated i should not be doing the things that coordinated people need to do uh but i started doing like 
so like tumbling and like towers of people in high school um so wait uh did a couple small performances it was really really cool i was really really into it i was also terrible um like i can barely walk in a straight line don't ask me to like do a back handspring um yeah i i ended up i was I ended up falling just weird. I ended up falling weird on my knee and tearing some stuff. Uh, so. <laughs> so we so, well, but 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 if if you can barely walk in a straight line, then I, I guess do you always have to have somebody with you if you're going to have a drink? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've definitely had moments where I've like fallen over and people have been like, "Have you been drinking?" I'm like, "No." This is this is just who I am as a person. No, I am just I have no I have no coordination, but I like to do all the things that coordinated people do, like spin fire and dance and like, like gymnastics. I'm very into that stuff. I'm just very very bad at it. Uh, there's there's no harm in being bad at something and still wanting to do it. There's there's a reason my 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 job my professional job is sitting still at a keyboard and coding. Uh, I can't injure myself that way. I've, I think so far. Although, uh, so, although based off of uh, conversation this week, um, sounds sounds like you've uh, had to start dealing with uh, some on-call stuff. And uh, trust me, if you're not careful, you can injure yourself with trying to deal with things in the middle of the night. <laughs> that's 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 true. I we got the entire team paged because uh, something happened with the. The level one, either uh, he didn't see the page, and so I got on, and then I made the mistake of saying, "Oh, I will add myself to the level one page for the rest of the night because I don't know where actual level one is." Um, and then I got paged every thirty minutes for a couple of hours after that. Uh, <laughs> you know, it worked. I learned a lot. Um, like, never volunteer for anything ever. Uh, but that was so I've actually I've been on call as like the level one three times now. And so far, I, I did knock on wood. Um, I have not gotten paged. So that was actually my first time getting paged. And it is good to know that I can survive that. And I, I am I am now, I think, a proper blue teamer. Um <laughs> Well, I, I, my, my worry has always, always, and ever been that I will sleep through somebody trying to contact me. Because um, it, it, I have. I, I've, I've done it. Um, you know, I'll, uh, the, there's been times where I've gotten contacted and I wake up an hour later and I'm like, you know, I, I, always, I always pick up my phone. Anytime I wake up in the middle of the night, it's just second nature. So I go and I grab my phone and I'm like, Oh, system down. That was an hour ago. Um, perhaps I should check on this. Yeah, the, the exciting part is if the level one doesn't pick up, the entire team and the my boss's boss get paged at that point. Um, and so you have to have an explanation as to to why everyone else had to wake up at, at two in the morning. Um, and... I, yeah, I am so scared that I will miss one. Everyone will get called. Uh, 
Like, I honestly, the work is not what I'm worried about. I will have to say, I have a really good team. I'd say pretty much everyone I feel comfortable calling at 2 a.m. and saying, help me, I'm new and I don't know how to do this. Um, it's just the the actually getting there in the first place. Um, it takes me a hor horrific amount of alarms to get up. Um, but my, my, my on-call alarm is aggressive. Uh, so, so far, it's, it's good to know it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've got moments where, where nothing can wake me up. Like, you, you might as well classify me as, as being in a uh, temporary coma. What's what's I think the the main takeaway from this though is so this for the past couple of months I've been trying really hard to go to bed before midnight preferably before eleven, and so I'm sitting there like wor working at three a.m. This little voice in the back of my brain is going yes this is your natural habitat and since then I have not been able to sleep um so I my brain has remembered what it's like to be pumped up at three in the morning is like yes this is how we're supposed to be. Um, <laughs> I, I I think a, a lot of us that uh, a lot of us that work in the tech space um, are of that type of people that tend to be tend to be more um, more go getter during the middle of the night at times. <laughs> so um, okay, well, moving on from work stuff because hey it's it, it's trying to talk about work whenever it's not a work day right um, the other the other thing I saw was whenever you uh, whenever you posted that you bought a double base yeah okay okay so, so one the fact that you got the double base was it was like okay there's not many people out there that will go get a double base but then two you said you were adding to your collection I have a lot of instruments. Uh, so I, for as long as I can remember, my goal as a child was to play the violin. And my parents were like, we, we're not just gonna hand a child a violin, like start on piano lessons. And then I started playing violin. And from there, an addiction was born. Um, I play a lot of stringed instruments. Uh, I've played the fiddle for God, like 15 years now. Um, and by the time I got to like, middle school and high school orchestra i was i played violin long enough that i was obnoxious um because i'm like yeah i don't want to play twinkle twinkle little star with the rest of the 12 year olds like i'm gonna be annoying so to remedy that uh i started playing the bass um so, so that i would i would chill out um <laughs> i started playing the bass uh in middle school because i I was in I was in like the level two orchestra class and then TAing and playing the bass with the level one orchestra class, um, and so I play I played classical bass for a while. I just borrowed one from the school, didn't own one, uh, and then started playing electric bass from there. And I play with a band here in Dallas, and I've it's been actually it's been like seven years probably since I've picked up a proper upright double bass, but. I've decided I'm like, you know, getting my tax return at some point, I need to finish my taxes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go get a bass because we're going to use it in recording for a couple of songs. And plus, I want to sit down and, you know, learn classical bass again. Uh, yeah, I, as for the collection right now in my apartment, I have a keyboard, two mandolins, a ukulele. God, I have three violins right now. Um, I have 
the violin I've had for 15 years, a really cool electric fiddle, and then a like fiberglass acoustic electric one that I paint cool colors and bring to cons. Uh, that one is indestructible. Um, the bass, a guitar, now the, the double bass, um, and I'm going to be borrowing my friend's electric drum set at some point. Uh, so anyone who wants to come by and jam, please do. <laughs> but well, you see, and you, you talk about playing the fiddle. Is is that is that something that uh, th that has been able to um, help you get a little more connected to Texas you know, since you've been in state? Uh, actually, a lot, yeah, because I play in sort of a uh, alternative rock slash countryish band, um, and. Right now we have two bassists. I joined as the bassist and then one of the former bassists moved back to Dallas. Um, and the problem is he's better than me. So I can't, I can't outbase this person, but actually no, uh, everyone in the band is really great. And we kind of switch on and off. Uh, I play bass some songs, he plays bass some songs. Sometimes he does backup guitar and sometimes I play fiddle or keys. Um, and so that adds to the country, uh, the country element of that band a lot. Um, I want to get back into when I was in high school and college, I actually did like competitive bluegrass fiddle playing. Um, and I want to get into that again. Uh, that involves practicing a lot more than I do right now, <laughs> you know, in all of my free time. Okay. But, for for, for 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 those of us that either may not be musically inclined or those of us even that are musically inclined but just strings is a whole nother thing um, the, uh, the in my head I'm thinking fiddle I'm thinking pop music southern southern rock type stuff and the first thing that comes to mind is Charlie Daniels have you been able to perfect The Devil Came Down to Georgia? Um, perfect, maybe not, but I've definitely played it a few times. Uh, that's that's one that's one that you just have to you just have to learn. Um, that's that's like lesson number one. Like you know, you learn open strings, twinkle twinkle little star, devil went down to Georgia. Ah, there you go, there you go. Good, good to know that progression right there. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i play a lot of bluegrass and then like celtic style fiddle music okay. um and here's the awkward pause <laughs> should have brought my fiddle hey you, you know you, you were you you were always welcome to do a musical performance on here i yeah you know, that, that that'd be another that, that'd be another reach into a little another element to add, oh hey, you know, musical performances, you know, pr premiere new music on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, like just like a, a little, a little interlude. Um. Yeah, yeah, maybe we need to do that sometime. Pre presenting uh, Juno's first solo album, <laughs> entitled "Juno: Who I Am." <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad jokes. <laughs> Oh, um, so how's uh, how's the uh, the uh, two and four group going now that you've uh, been in charge uh, for a little bit? It was going really, really well, and then Picasso shut down out of the blue. Um, I I think it's been going really well. It's 
I am always astounded at how many people show up every single time and just how great and involved everyone is. Um, I, I'm a, I, I love everyone in that group and it's definitely weird to step into something that's already established and especially coming in is still definitely an outsider. Uh, like the last time I was in charge and I was also the only woman and the only woman there and I think easily the youngest person. Um, and it's, it's crazy that it's both honoring and incredibly intimidating to me that I've been put in charge of a group that consists of people who have been, you know, in InfoSec longer than I've been alive. Um, and definitely way longer than I've ever been like touching a computer. Uh, so, so I think, I, I think for me, my biggest thing is I'm trying to learn from everyone there. Um, but it's a, re a really great group of people with a lot of great ideas. Uh, we've been talking about doing more social events too. Uh, I think we're going to do a trolley pub crawl coming up one of these days. Um, and then we always do like hackers at the fair and a barbecue type thing. Um, and so it's, 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 it's sort of, it's sort of becoming the end anti-social social group, which is always awesome. Uh, cause DC two and four and DHA, when I first moved here, were my social life. Uh, cause I, for, I moved to Dallas. I didn't really know anyone and I was a hermit. Uh, I stayed home with my dog. That's all I did. And then one of my coworkers told me to come to Dallas Hackers Association. I'm like, hold on. These are my people. Like they can be my friends. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, and I've been, I've been really lucky that everyone in that group has had really good ideas. Um, and has been has has been willing to help uh, has been willing to help a lot um still figuring out location for next uh for the for this month uh because the go-to picasso is closed out of the blue um but we do have a speaker um carrie hooper uh so uh, so that that will be that will be really exciting you've at least got part of the picture taken care of yeah so, um, I, I'm definitely working on not figuring everything out last minute. Uh, it's a slow process. <laughs> um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but in in the Dallas area, isn't isn't there some bleed over between all the groups? Uh, you, you know, definitely seeing a certain group of people that like will show up to to two or three of those uh, groups. Yeah, I I think I. Yeah, there's there's definitely massive amount of crossover, which is great because I can I can rely on the other group leaders to you know be there to help me, and it's not like we're competing or anything. Um, sorry, I went silent, silent there for a second, but yeah, there's there's a ton of crossover in the in the Dallas area because I started I started going to DC two and four because someone at DHA suggested I go and from there I found Pwn School in Hack Fort Worth. Uh, there was a point where I was going to every single one of those every month. Um, That's a lot. I, I can't I, I stopped doing that when I started taking a class and then haven't hadn't picked it up hadn't picked up going to every every one of them uh, since. But it's really great to see the same people uh, at Wednesday, the first Wednesday at Dallas Hackers and then see them again at DC 214. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, okay, well, uh, that 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 probably 
that, that, that exhausts all the things I was thinking about. But what, what, what else is going on with you right now? Um, oh boy. Um, that you can share, of course. My, my mind has gone completely blank. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. It's a Saturday. <laughs> I know, right? Um, We're gonna have to cut this pause, <laughs> <laughs> or, or 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 nonsense. We'll we'll uh, say we're gonna cut the pause and leave it in there, like all the oh, good, good. All, like all the good late night shows do. Hey, yeah, let's cut this out and editing, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that the next fifteen minutes are just me saying, um, uh, let's see. I'm glad it. Man, what what uh what even what do I do with my life? Oh, I'm gonna be going to tour camp, uh later this fall or fall what the f summer i know i know when seasons are <laughs> um so yeah I, i'm going to be going to tour camp up in seattle which i'm really excited for because it combines my love of tech and my love of like being in the woods i am going to bring fire props um and hopefully make some sort of weird like art-esque project uh to be determined um but i'm really excited to go a back up to the pacific northwest and light things on fire and sort of get back into the like northern element of like yay i'm in the woods while also still maintaining all of my like hacker friends and hacker culture with that um i went to DerbyCon for the first time uh, about a month ago derby calm or derby what is wrong with me schmoo Thank you. Schmoo, yes, okay. I... <laughs> you know how I said I haven't slept after getting paged and, like, working at 3 a.m.? It's, it's st I'm starting to lose brain cells now. Um, I can feel it. I need more caffeine. <laughs> oh, no, hey, I, I get it. I've, I've been having a little bit of trouble with sleep this week, and so today uh, I woke up this morning and I went back to sleep, and I woke up again, then I went back to sleep, and then I was uh, scheduled to uh, talk to Tanya Janka, and I, I, at one point I looked at the clock, hey, I still got another hour, great, and then the next time I look at the clock, it's five minutes until I'm supposed to be recording with her. I was like, oh, crap, get up, get moving, and yeah, it took me probably about 20 minutes to get my wits about me and not sound like I was rambling like a madman. That's. <laughs> so. I I just I've resigned myself to constantly rambling like a, a mad woman. Um, so so often, especially at work, I start talking, repeat myself three times, and go, "Okay, I'm gonna stop now," and just sort of trail off. Uh, but yes, I went to ShmooCon for the first time. Um, I was going to LobbyCon, um, but then I someone gave me a ticket, which was awesome. I didn't go to a ton of talks, but I saw a really, really, uh, really, really cool one on um, like Russian information warfare strategies presented by a woman dressed in a uh, outfit uh, from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel TV show. Um, I was, I thought that was really cool, both uh, both to see a like someone talking about information warfare and one of my favorite TV shows, as well as a like very, very hyper feminine woman ta uh, talking about uh like or just some someone up there uh being very like hyper feminine and like very who sh uh like very who she is and not hiding any part of that part of that any of that part of herself 
while also talking about something incredibly exciting and interesting. Um, I I was I was blown away by her talk and her level of knowledge as well as just she was very much she's like, yeah, this is this is who I am, this is what I'm doing and I admire that so much because uh, every time I've spoken, I'm like, okay, okay, how do I, how do I best fit in? Um, and so I, I think that's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, so I, cut, sorry. I, it's just, it just that that whole general idea. I I like to retreat back to. Um, he, he, yeah, I'm making another pro wrestling reference, so this assuming. Um, but I, I do, I do like to retreat back to the idea w within uh, within the pro wrestling industry that um, you you end up talking to a lot of people that say, "Hey, what are the best characters? Who are the people that are the most comfortable that seem to connect with people the most?" And the answer you get almost all the time is, "You take." who you are and just turn up the volume <laughs> you know so so it is so so be, being yourself is is actually a good uh, a good tactic more often than not yeah i definitely i definitely tend to forget that i know i don't follow pro wrestling but actually my favorite sport in the world is about uh is about to or rather, my favorite sports competition in the world is about to start, and that's the Iditarod. Um, for anyone listening, yes, I, I I remember whenever the Iditarod actually had a lot more presence on TV. I always watched it. I was always intrigued. Yeah, I, I, I have, I've had friends who uh, mush dogs, so I've gotten to mush dogs a couple of times, but never at a, a really, like never at any sort of level other than getting lost but um but you know i know a few like friends of friends who friends of friends who are racing this year and it's just a it's such a cool sport um i couldn't i could never do that but i'm in awe of everyone who's doing who's doing that this year um integrates so many survival techniques you know it's just yeah. you, you, you you have to be you have to be adept at a number of things to be successful to do that yeah i it's crazy just how technical how technical it's gotten uh too in terms of both sled construction and just you have to be spot on with what you pack with what you uh with what you pack with what you bring with what you know in order to just survive in the first place um I, so that's 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 the sport I that's that's the sport I follow. Um, I haven't been in Texas long enough to start watching football. Sorry. <laughs> so so, so you, you definitely haven't been converted to the uh, cult of the Dallas Cowboys yet. I have been told that I need to be a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, so I am a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, that being said, could I name? anyone on the team or have I ever watched more than 30 seconds of the game? Oh, oh, okay, let, 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 let me start with this one. Let, let's go high level. Let's go the, the, the umbrella. Do you know who the owner of the Dallas Cowboys is? No. Um. Jerry Jones. I, I've been told that I should be a fan. That's, that's about as... Okay. So I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Because Anchorage doesn't have a local football team. Um, so I'm, 
so much of a poser that I'm willing to say, yeah, I'm a poser. Uh... Now, even uh, even in the far throes of Texas where I am, um, it's it's also been the same way. Who's that? What? You're not a fan of the Cowboys? How, how how dare you say that? You're 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 from Texas. You should be a fan of the Cowboys. And um, you know the, the the one thing I reach back to is um, is uh, the uh, four straight years that the Buffalo Bills went to the Super Bowl, and we're talking a while back now. But they went they went four straight years as the AFC representatives, and two of those years they played the Cowboys. And I still sat in a room and cheered on the Bills against the Cowboys when everybody else was cheering on the Cowboys. I didn't care. I liked the Bills. <laughs> I at my at my first job here in Dallas, a bunch of my coworkers were massive Cowboys fans, so they're like, "Yeah, you like here you go. Here's a little here's a little flag." Um, they 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 put a Cowboys flag on my cubicle, and they said like, "This is this is a part of." This is just a part of the world that you're 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 living in now. Um. <laughs> For anybody listening that lives in Dallas, it is perfectly fine and acceptable to not be a Dallas Cowboys fan. You, you, the world will not come to an end. In fact, I guarantee you that you will find probably just as many Dallas Cowboys fans in Phoenix, Arizona, that you will find in Dallas. Even though Phoenix has their own team, <laughs> so now it, it, yeah, it, it, kudos to you for 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 uh, not devoting the bandwidth to give in to that. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I'm not devoting the bandwidth to fight it either. I'm like, okay, cool, that's my hometown team. Like, go them, I guess. Uh, but like, I'm put I'm putting far more of my, my brain power into the Iditarod. I actually met someone at Shmoo who does uh, fantasy Iditarod teams. Um, and so I need to, I need to get in on that. Um, wow. There, there, there's even fantasy competitions for the Iditarod. Yeah. Wow. Something, something I understand. Wow. Um, yeah. Whenever, whenever you get in on that, uh, let me know. I'm probably wouldn't, be able to uh, compete just because I don't know enough with it, but I'd be interested to see how it works. <laughs> I've I've seen a couple cir- or circulating on Twitter where some of them, uh, uh, bl- bl- uh, one of the one of the most more famous musters, uh, Blair Braverman, who's actually not competing this year, did a thing where she listed a bunch of dogs and their attributes, and then had uh, people arrange them into teams with different dogs in different positions um, and then gave prizes to the, to the best ones, which I thought was fun. <laughs> um, I realized that's like <laughs> the, one of the, the lamer things that I've done on Twitter. Uh, but... Oh, come on now. Come on now. They, who's, who's the authority to say anything is lame? Did the, you, the... Did, did you have fun with it? I did. I had a lot of fun. Um, That's what matters. Well, I've been thinking about it, um, and so I'm a huge fan of the movie Cool Runnings. If we can have a Jamaican bobsled team, I think I can build a Texas dog sled team. Uh, there you go. There you so, go. Ladies and gentlemen, lend me your huskies. Or what, maybe uh, maybe we could get uh, the multi-day dog sled racing into the Olympics. 
That would be awesome. Uh, it, it, it would be the Winter Olympics version of the marathon, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. I, I always I always kind of did wish the Winter Olympics had more uh, survivalism to it. Although I'm a huge fan of the Winter Olympics. It's just a bunch of different types of sliding. Um, Let's see. Slide some rocks across the ice. Slide some skis across the ice and try to shoot things. I, I actually yeah. grew up cross-country skiing. Um, my dad and brother are big cross-country skiers. Like they do the tour of Anchorage every year. Uh, and I've been I've been cross-country skiing since I was three, and I'm still the same skill level that I was when I was three. <laughs> it, you know, I I there's I'd have, probably have to think about it to figure out what, but there's probably some things that I still have my three-year-old skill level to. <laughs> but. I I did I did a growing I I always really liked the Winter Olympics because I'm like yeah I know all these sports um, and we always have our we always would have our hometown heroes in the Olympics uh, uh, like I followed once when I was like a weird twelve year old learning to snowboard I followed Rosie Fletcher around a like chalet for like three hours and didn't say anything to her I'm sorry Rosie Fletcher. <laughs> So, so, so with Winter Olympics, what would you say probably is your uh, favorite sport at this point? I love figure skating. Um, I used to figure skate as a kid. That's how I got my first concussion. Um, no coordination. <laughs> I love figure skating. I think it's beautiful. Um, I also love uh, snowboard cross. If I could compete in a sport, I think it would be snowboard cross. Uh, I haven't injured myself yet snowboarding. Um, and I think the biathlon is awesome because it's like, yeah, okay, let's combine skiing and shooting. That's the most Alaskan combination ever. Yeah, I, I, I would dare say that uh, that uh, whenever, whenever they first introduced short track speed skating, that that's, that, that that's had my attention ever since. Um, I, I've never, I, I've never been a, a ro roller derby person, but from what I know about what roller derby is, it makes sense that that's basically roller derby on ice. Um, yeah, it seems really cool. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's fun. It, it's definitely a, a fun thing to watch. It's a, a really quick, uh, you know, get your heart pounding type race to to watch. Um, you know, I, I've I, I've also been a fan of uh, long track speed skating as well. It's it's a different uh, a different thrill, but it's still you know it's it's still fun to watch for me as well. So. I I would love to try roller derby, um, and I say this as someone who would be awful at it. I I've I found out that I'm the most passive person in existence. Uh, someone pointed out to me that. I hold the door for someone and I thank them. Um, I have been told in the three job interviews to not apologize so much. Uh, I did get those jobs. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I think I, I think I need I need I think I need to learn a, a little bit of aggression. Um, but I, I got to watch some like amateur roller derby when I was in Portland and I thought it was awesome. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. So you had growing up in Alaska, you obviously had the exposure to things like biathlon, um, figure skating, and stuff like that. 
What about hockey? Um, you know, I've played a little bit of like friends with ice skates and sticks on a lake hockey. Um, I did follow the Alaska Aces, which was our the closest thing we ever had to a major league sports sports team. Um, but then they went bankrupt, and also they were still minor league. Uh, but I followed the the Aces rel uh, relatively closely. I uh, went to a couple of their games. Um, I I think hockey is awesome. Well, the, the skills that you need to need to participate in hockey, especially professional hockey, it, to me, it makes sense that those would be similar skills that you would need in roller derby. You gotta be, you gotta be able to throw yourself around. Gotta gotta be able to edge out people, get in the way, you know, make sure they're not getting the proverbial puck. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I'm just I'm grasping at straws here because, once again, I've never really watched roller derby, so I'm making assumptions right now. Yeah. See, see, those are I feel like are all skills that that I I, I need to learn because, like, someone even thinks about shoving me out of the way, and I've already backed up like ten feet. You know. Uh <laughs> okay. Okay. Here. here then here, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Okay, you need to you, you need to figure out how to make friends with uh, one of the members of the Dallas Stars. Okay, preferably one of the defensemen, and then and then you probably will have somebody that would be at least in the beginning willing to stand there on skates on the ice while you get a full head start, full head of steam coming right at him and just just do a full body check against him against uh, against the boards and you do that a few times maybe maybe you'll start to get there all right so if anyone anyone listening is a uh, hockey defense person um, and you're willing to stand there while I just repeatedly run into you uh, please please let us know um. <laughs> <laughs> now, now what, what, what's the reality of if that's if that's going to happen? Especially if it were a defenseman with the Dallas Stars, the the defenseman, especially in full gear, would probably dwarf you nearly double your size, <laughs> uh, at least at least a perception of it. And yeah, so, if if that's the try, case, like, I'd either fall over like going to them, or like bounce off of them and fall over, which is actually. How I got a concussion, uh, figure skating. I ran into a hockey player. <laughs> I fell over and hit my head. <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's exactly the picture I had in my head. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm setting up this whole, hey, let, let, let's, let's help her work on getting some aggression on things. And then, wait a minute, I'm just seeing this picture of Juno just bouncing <laughs> off the hockey player and falling down. And it's, oh, oh, oh. I just need no. a helmet. Um, <laughs> I just need like a helmet and a lot of, a lot of padding. <laughs> like, so I've actually been, um, so I've been, again, I've been following the Iditarod mostly on Twitter this year uh, because this is the first Iditarod season I've been really active on Twitter. And one of my favorite musters posted a photo of her in this like 
full body like really puffy down suit and i just need one of those both for like protection and because i'm always cold um so really i need something like that with like extra styrofoam you know like five inches of of padding um and maybe stilts or or or, or maybe one of those uh one of those inflatable sumo wrestler costumes oh yeah <laughs> that's Wait, what it Wait, so, 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 wait, so, so you're always, are you, are you still always cold in Texas? I am always cold. And then a day later I complain about being warm. Uh, days like today where it's 60, this is summer to me. This is perfect. It should not be colder than this. It should not be warmer than this. Now uh, I'll tell you a funny thing in regards to that. I was in Arizona for a few years and I, I me, I like cold weather. I like cold weather. And um, so I was always amazed whenever I would see uh, people walking around in scarves and heavy jackets and whatnot whenever it was in the 60s in Arizona. Um, but then I ended up talking to a vendor that was um, out of Tucson. But he, he told me, he said, yeah, I'm originally from Philadelphia and I was the same way as you, but about the, my third year here, um, something changed. And yeah, now whenever it hits the 70 degrees, I'm wearing coat and sweater, a coat and a scarf as well. And I'm, I'm just thinking, okay. <laughs> yeah. As soon as, uh, having been out of Anchorage or Anchorage for a while, I've definitely gotten a lot weaker about the cold. Uh, but in Anchorage, you know, when the cold is coming, um, it's, it's regularly scheduled. My first winter in Dallas, it was 80 one day and, and it was 20. 20 degrees the next day. Um, and the day after that it was 80 again. And yeah. And also I didn't bring any winter coats when I moved to Dallas, uh, because actually my mom is from Houston. And so she's, she's from Texas. She's like, don't bring any jackets. Don't bring any of them. You won't need them ever. <laughs> Dallas is different than Houston in that respect. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> like, it's it's December. I'm wander, I'm like wandering around in like a hoodie, wondering what life decisions led me to this point. <laughs> well, in in the same vein, um, whenever I was in Arizona, I was working on my uh, working on uh, my uh, master's degree, and the um, the the. Uh, um, orientation uh, weekend uh, that we started happened to be a weekend that it uh, that uh, one of those mornings it had actually snowed in the Phoenix metropolitan area and Man. and so uh, you know it was like it was like maybe 30 degrees that morning whenever I got up and we were, we were all staying in this hotel that was uh, just uh, to the north side of the Arizona State campus and I get up and I get down to the get down to the ground floor and then you have to go out the back side of the hotel and there's a courtyard um, that you go back around to the the building where the meeting rooms are and so I go out and I'm walking around and I'm just I, I'm just in uh, you know short sleeve shirt and in uh, pants run in you know run into uh, one of the uh, hotel cleaning staff. As I'm walking around the edge of the courtyard right there, and she's like, "Aren't you cold?" And I was like, "No, actually, this is I enjoy this." So, but you know, I mean, it was, it was like it was maybe a quarter inch of snow on the ground, and and by the end of the day, it was already in the 50s or 60s. You know, so it, you know, it, it's the way winter happens in the desert. 
It did snow in Dallas this winter. Uh, we got, yeah, less than a quarter inch of snow. Um, I was very excited. I made a singular snowball and threw it at my neighbor who did not appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was, I was overjoyed for that eighth of an inch of snow. Um, <laughs> um he, you know have y'all have you already had um severe weather season trying to kick in yet um a bit a bit for sure i and i, I definitely i've been here long enough that i've experienced so much weird weird stuff so we didn't really get thunderstorms that much up in anchorage and we certainly didn't get tornadoes mm-hmm. uh and actually when i first moved here i'd been in dallas like two weeks um, and we got a tornado warning and they cleared out the entire office and sent everyone home. And I turned to my coworkers and I'm like, what do I, what do I do? Should I be afraid? I live, you know, on a second story apartment. There's no basement for me to hide in. And one of my coworkers, he, 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 he like pulls me aside. And he's like, okay, so these instructions are going to keep you safe. You, you got to pay really close attention. And, you know, I'm like wide-eyed hanging on to every word and he goes so you need to go to this grocery store and you need to get a bunch of beer and then you need to go home and drink it and enjoy the fact that you have the day off <laughs> um, and that's actually what i did i followed that to the letter what a very texan thing to say <laughs> wow hey, you know it, it, it kept me safe um i did i did initially plan on like spending the night in the bathtub and I I sat there I this is so lame I sat in the bathtub for like I don't know 30 minutes like prepared for you know a tornado to come take me to Oz and I'm like I'm like okay this is dumb um (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm used to I'm used to getting snowed in and iced in and like hurricane strength winds that come in but a, to- a tornado is a, a completely different beast. Um, actually, my office building was hit by a tornado, but it was while I was out of town. Um, I was in Chicago for a month and a half, and I came back. I'm like, why did they cut down all the trees? And, you know, the girl sitting next to me, she looks at me, she's like, you mean when the tornado hit the building? I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so it can happen. Stay safe out there. Bring your red ruby slippers in your bathtubs. Well, I I ended up, uh, there there was a tornado that hit uh, Joplin, Missouri a number of years ago. And um, I ended up uh, driving through there, uh, driving through there probably maybe six weeks after it happened and thought, eh, let's get off the road, see what what we could see. So we got off off the interstate. and uh, started driving to town, looking around, looking around, and I, you know, my eye, my eye took to a building that had uh, had some uh, plywood up on it, and I forget exactly what was spray painted on the plywood. Um, you know, a, a, you know, a lot of messages in town uh, about uh, either uh, either thank God you're safe or we're safe or f a tornado or <laughs> you, you know, you know, same same message, different uh, quality of message. Um, but my eye got, oh yeah, now I remember the it, it was spray painted on the plywood on this one. It said "Gone Fishing." <laughs> And I, I'm I'm just looking at that. It's driving slowly around, and then I focus back in front, 
uh, you know, thank goodness I focused back and front quicker than not since I was driving. Um, but all of a sudden, Joplin was no longer there. <laughs> um, it's it, it's surreal to actually see where, especially uh, such a strong tornado, all the damage that it did, and be able. You know, so I remember seeing one house where only like half the house was destroyed, but in one of the in one of the rooms on the second floor that you could see since it was opened up, um, you could see this uh, this uh, um, floor length uh, floor to ceiling mirror that was on a stand that was untouched, wasn't cracked, wasn't broken, was wow. in good shape, and it's like, wow, really. So That's, it's just it, it, it's just amazing the kind of destruction that can happen as well as how easily something can be left intact. The the natural disasters we have to deal with in Anchorage will are the in the summer are the wild wildfires. Um, mm-hmm. I drove across Alaska with a friend of mine uh, after or uh, one of the summers in the middle of college. And we'd driven th- uh, as I'm going to get flack for saying this as you know, the climate changes and grows warmer. you can see this a lot in the Northern States. Um, or, I mean, you see this a lot everywhere, but I've noticed this a lot, especially in the North, it gets warmer and Alaska just bursts into flames. Uh, and so we drove through where there had been a ton of wildfires and it was insane to go from woods to just charred nothingness. Um, it was, it was, it was crazy. And just for the past few years, every summer, we've been getting these crazy wildfires. Uh, and then of course the, uh, earthquakes are the other thing we, the other thing we have to deal with. There was that big one, uh, Thanksgiving two years ago now, um, that I actually wasn't there for. And yes, I am mad that I wasn't there for it. Um, and that was, that was one of those that I think we deal with earthquakes a bit differently than everyone else because... It was funny. All of my friends from the lower 48 were texting and calling. They're really nice. Like, is your family okay? You know, do you need anything? And my, my, uh, my family was fine. But my friends in Alaska were like, hey, we climbed into this huge uh, uh, crevice. Look at these photos. We, these photos we took. Uh, like a friend of a friend was jumping a snow machine across some of the big cracks that had opened. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> But uh, back in the 60s, actually, about half of Anchorage just kind of went underwater for a bit uh, due to an earthquake. And so there are parts that are still, you see all these dead trees because uh, they were killed by salt water, but are still standing against these really like eerie ghosts of forests, I guess. Hmm. Um, the water or the, the land there is still too salty for anything else to grow. They're really, really cool to, to wander around them, but ghosts. Yeah, it's like tree ghosts. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, on that note, I I do look up at the time, and I you know I know we could probably uh, awkwardly pause from one topic to another, but uh, we've been going about an hour, so nice. uh, I, I I will. Uh, I'll be respectful of your time and also of the time of the people listening, and we'll go ahead and stop there. 
but uh, hey, you know we can always do it again. Um, you know we could definitely uh, try to get you on one of those ten by ten speed rounds in the yeah. future too. Uh, but Juno, thank you very much once again. I appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to come and you know ramble. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, and you have yourself a good rest of the day. Yeah, thanks. You too.